Hey, in the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. And we're happy you're spending some time with us. Chip and the big fella. 10 and 5. When he was really motivated, 13 and 7. Yeah, man. Number one. Probably, probably 18 and 10. What, what was your number at Bowie? 33. Yeah. Why? Um, big Pippin, bird fan. All right. And plus, you know, in high school, you wear the jersey that fits the best. And there's very selective numbers with my pops. He wasn't ordering jerseys every year. He was very good with the booster club money. So, yeah, we would – I'd have to get 33 by default. So I wanted – Wait, 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 wait. Is 33 the number you wanted? No. No. What was the number you wanted? Uh, Probably, which you couldn't have these numbers back then, but nine. I had nine in AAU as a kid. I just loved the number nine. Nobody wore it. I just loved that number. But then 33 came about, and, yeah, I just stuck with that. Well, then you're going to be number nine in the program and number one in your heart. Thanks, man. I appreciate Our that. man, Zay, the right call, Collier. Take yo, it away. Yo, by the way, it's 18 and 10 in rival games. You heard Pops when talk about Westlake, the big games. I stepped it up another notch. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was on Texas women yesterday versus Oklahoma, would have stepped it up another notch. <laughs> okay, we got to We're going to talk about this. We'll just talk about it. Get it out of the way. What the bleep was Deanna Gaston doing? The ball came right to her, and she tipped it out. It was her and Taylor Jones standing under the basket when OU missed that shot, and instead of just grabbing the ball and starting to dribble so she'd get fouled, she tried to tip the ball out to Shaylee Gonzalez, and the OU player ends up with it. And then there's a quick pass for a wide-open three that wins the game. Yeah, it was tough. That fourth quarter was brutal, and... You know, you win the free throw battle, but 17 was the number. You get out rebounded by 17, and they also took 17 more shots than you did due to the second chance, you know, attempts. And yeah, I mean, I think she just panicked in that moment, Chip. You know, the way that Oklahoma was crashing the boards, I think she was just so worried about hands flying around her. Her first thought was, let me just tip it out. We got our guards out there to get it because they're crashing everybody. They're not going to have anyone out there. And that just wasn't the case. You know, the basketball gods, they could come to haunt you. They'll be there for you at times, but they can haunt you too. And yeah, it just seemed like it went into old Jones' hands, and she let that thing fly. <laughs> like, geez, that thing was money. Lexi man. Keys. Yeah, Lexi Keys, excuse me. Um, I, you know, the massive Booker travel, that was a horrible call. That ref should be ashamed of himself for being on the other side and making that call. That's not your call, man. Like, you're showing up your other officials, you know, like that's a thing. If you're an official and you're working big time games, it's a three person crew. So most of the time there's going to be somebody, two people on each baseline. 
and they'll be as close as the players are. They won't let any players get behind them or they'll be on the baseline. And then you'll have one in the middle on the other side. And that's the one who made the call for Madison Booker's travel, which it wasn't a travel. If anything, it was a jump ball. But again, no one had possession. So like you can't call it like if old girl swipes and whether she hits the ball or hits Madison Booker's arm, either way, she turns around and the ball's in her lap. She's not holding it. It's different if she's holding it and walks. That's a travel. But she doesn't have the possession, Chip. So you yeah, can't, was- especially from the other side, you can't call that. Like what you, you're not far enough to see it. It just looks awkward. So a lot of refs, especially the bad ones, anything awkward, they think it's a whistle. Like I've seen guys call Euro steps for travels just because they don't watch the NBA enough or they don't, you know, it, it could be awkward for a kid to take two slow steps and then go lay it up. Got some guys just aren't used to seeing that, which is a damn shame. Like you need to watch more basketball, but some, some refs think that, okay, awkward means penalty. It means turnover. And it was an awkward play, but again, Madison Booker had the ball either slapped or her hand slapped. Oh, girl, hit something. Because that's just, you could just tell by the way she moved afterwards. Like, that, I, that was bogus. Man. That was a championship game. The whistles should have been swallowed. Yeah. Like, let them play. Let them decide it. Instead, you're fouling players out left and right. You're calling stuff that's like, huh? And... Yeah, I I mean, I don't like barking about the officiating, but you're right. The sad thing is Deanna Gaston and Taylor Jones were the only ones under the bucket when that ball came off the rim, and you were like, oh, my God, they've got it. And then all of a sudden, Deanna tips it out, and that's the one place you don't want the ball because that's the three-point line. It just was – Ugh, it was so frustrating because they're up 70 to 68. Looks like they're going to control the rebound with five, six seconds left. Start dribbling, get fouled, ball game. Yeah, and, and you know, I also thought Vic Schaefer, he's been terrific all season. He should be coach of the year for what he's done without arguably the best point guard in the nation and Rory Harmon. I thought Vic was <sighs> – he should have got back to his team a lot sooner after the Madison Booker travel because then there was a timeout and Vic, he's jumping all over the refs. And I get it. Like, you're upset. Like, that's a bogus call. Let them play. That's not the right call. I get it. Let your voice be heard. But the longer you do that, the more that your team feels that. So they're over here like, yeah, this is a problem. Like, it's in their head. No, you should let the official know, hey, that's bullshit. You know that's bullshit. Get back with your team and make sure they're locked in so you can end the game because you're up at that point. You're up. You've got to keep them locked in. It, it didn't seem like they were. You know, it seemed like they were still focused on that turnover that should have iced the game. Like, you've got to get back with your team and let those ladies know, hey, that play's over. Let's lock in here. Let's guard the three-point line. Nothing easy. Like, nothing easy at all. If you got a rebound, grab that thing. You know, but he was, he had to be in the way, like held back. 
man, like you saw the assistant like pushing him back to the bench, like, okay, Vic, we still got game to play. You know, uh, as good as Vic Schaefer is, again, should be coach of the year. Absolutely. I, I thought he paid attention to that moment a little too long for my comfort. Like you got to get back. There's a lot of game left. Like you got to regroup and move on to the next play. And I think he might look at that and say, yeah, I, I went too hard at that moment, which again, it's, the, it's for the big 12 championship. It's against Oklahoma. We know how passionate Vic Schaefer is. Like he loves the university of Texas like already, you know, he hasn't been here more than 10 well, years. The thing that I kind of wondered about Madison Booker, in the fourth quarter, missed her first five shots. She was 7 of 11, and she finished 8 of 20. She went 1 of 9 in the fourth quarter. And I love Madison Booker. Like, but run your offense. Like, it was just Madison Booker trying to get an open jumper, and it wasn't falling, and – there were other players who were hitting shots. You know, Shaley was four of eight. Amo was four of six before she fouled out. Shay Holly was three of four. I mean, it they weren't running their offense, and it was, you know, I don't know. It was frustrating, but yeah, I, again to Madison Booker's defense, like she's not a pure point. So when the ball's in her hands, as much as it is now, like she's in scoring mode, you know, it's yeah. score first, pass later. And she's still trying to find that. Like you've done a good job, but you see it with her turnovers. Like she averages a lot of turnovers just because she's not used to it going from high school to being like that girl. You know, like she was expecting Rory Harmon to be there to give her open looks. But now she's looked at as, hey, you got to create for everybody, not only yourself, but for your teammates. And, yeah, that last play, the last shot, you know, I don't know if she got fouled. It's hard to make that call at the end. Refs don't want to call any type of foul. It has to be for sure, which is kind of, you know, ironic of how they called that right. game. But, hypocritical. Yeah, very, very hypocritical. But, yeah, I, it's tough. It's tough to tell her to be just all world and not have freshman moments. Like, she's still just a freshman, and that gives her so much responsibility. And, like, hey, you need that. You need her to have confidence. Like, she's the one to where she could create better than anyone on the team, maybe better than anyone in the Big 12 at the guard position. You know, with her off the dribble moves and being able to get into that shot quickly. But yeah, I hear you. You know, sometimes you got to work that ball around. And sometimes as a player, even though you're the top dog and lead and score, you got to realize, hey, it might not be my night or this might not be my time since I have been killing and have been scoring. And I'm 7 11 at the moment going into the fourth. Now Oklahoma's really going to key in on me. Let me look for my teammates and make the right play. She'll learn that. Yeah. Yeah. And look, they can still do damage. The Big 12 tournament, um, obviously in the NCAA tournament, but that was that was a win that got away. How much they were up by like 15 at one point? Yeah, they were up um tell you exactly. They were up 15. 
27 to 12. Yeah, can't lose those. Can't lose those. Um, and yeah, I mean, OU couldn't hit anything to start the game. It was so weird. Texas controlled the first quarter. They controlled the third quarter, got smoked in the second quarter, got smoked in the fourth quarter. And it was, it's like they just traded quarters yeah. and, and Texas still had a, a chance. I mean, they're up 70, 68, the ball's coming off the rim, right? To two of their players who are alone under the basket. And it just, what an odd sequence of events, but, uh, they got killed. Yeah, OU. God. And Jenny Baranchic runs some good stuff. I mean, they run a lot of, I mean, their motion is fast. They run a lot of backdoor stuff. They run Princeton type stuff. Yeah. Like, remember the Princeton offense back in the 90s where they throw it to that high post and everybody. They swing that ball, it. man. Yeah. They catch people napping and, and Texas went to that zone and that's when OU started hitting. It was yeah. weird. I mean, that's when. That's when they started raining in threes all of a sudden. It was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, Vic's got to be like, what the – what's yeah. going on here? But, yeah, yeah. I mean, tough. yeah, tough one. Heartbreaker, heartbreaker. Um, But, uh, yeah, so Tavondre Sweat, and we'll talk to our man Lance Taylor, get his thoughts on some of the uh, – some of the notables – at the combine today, we got defensive linemen and linebackers and Tavondre Sweat told everyone, get ready. I'm doing everything. I'm going to run that 40, he said. So let's see. See if big T Sweat, the 2023 Outland Trophy winner, can make himself some money today. Yeah. A little bread. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, he's great, man. Just listen to him, at He's funny. Yes, oh, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. He had the people laughing, and he's very confident in himself, which he should be. Like, he's an absolute monster. Like, we know his motor. We know how good he was this past season. He deserved all the accolades that he got. But, yes, the things that we've been talking about with him has been his weight. And him weighing in at 366, um, you know, it all depends on, as you just said, uh, what he said today. Uh, you know, I, uh, I want the dude to be uh, – 10-year player. Absolutely. You want all these guys to have right. long NFL careers. But some guys just, you know, they they're not gonna he's not gonna get those reps that you see Aaron Dolly. He's not I don't, he's not gonna be a three-down guy right now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna take a little bit of time, but I either way, he's gonna be a steal. <laughs> like if you let him get to that second day, he's a steal at that point, you know, in my opinion. And yeah, you're going to have to monitor the weight, get him a chef. You know what I'm saying? Get, get him a chef, get him somebody in there that just has his best interest that could make very tasty food, but healthy for him. And hopefully he could be disciplined enough to go by those rules daily but he talked about, he said, yeah, man, if I sit on my ass for a week or so, things get a little out of control. 
luckily enough, I don't do that. I'm always nah. working. I'm always grinding. I'm in the sauna, you know, I'm always working. I'm, you don't have to worry about that. So that's always promising. And again, you just saw with the leadership that him and guys like Byron Murphy and guys like Jalen Ford brought to this 2023 Texas Longhorn team. You believe that. You know, you believe that Trevondre Sweat is going to get to the NFL and even with all that money and all the expectation and what comes with being a professional player, he's going to be disciplined enough to stick around and do his job for whatever team picks him up. He was 335 as a freshman, 346 as a sophomore, 354 as a junior, and three. 65. Yeah, man. Before hey, think, think about this, Chip. You know what I'm saying? I haven't thrown this out there for you. Again, when you're at Texas, even though this word's very, you know, hypocritical nowadays, you're still a student athlete. He might be a stress eater. You know what I'm saying? Them exams ain't easy. This is the University of Texas now. You ain't at tech. Them exams, them papers that he probably had to do, along with all the things that Steve Sarkeesian is relying on him for and Pete Kwiatkowski, yo, some guys, hey, football's easy. <laughs> you know, two-a-days and 105, that's easy. But cracking open that book and knowing that you got a big-time midterm coming up, yo, man, that give me the cookie dough in a heartbeat. Well, then the key is, what are you stress eating? Like, if you're stress eating cookie dough or cookie dough ice cream or twin <laughs> snakes or Snickers bars, or if you're stress eating like peanuts or kale. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm running, you ain't eating no kale for a snack. Hey, man, I'm stress eating that kale. I'm stress eating celery. Uh, <laughs> I'm stress eating salmon. Oh, that's God. the key. That is the key. You're right. You're right. You're stress that, eating that, those that fish oil help. pills. That, that makes it more stressful. <laughs> that makes it more stressful because now you mad because it's nasty. Oh you yeah, man. Now that that makes you mad. Now you. You're going Cuba Gooding Jr. Boys in the hood. You swing in that air, man. You are. Oh, and you're burping up fish oil. Oh, gross. Nah, nah, man. No, we can't have that. Snickers, dog. You know what I'm saying? He can. He he can stress eat Doritos or Cheetos. He ain't got to worry about that no more. To my point, you got to worry about that. Now you're a professional athlete. All you got to worry about is being a professional athlete being the best player that you can be and got to worry about tests and got to worry about papers and got to worry about getting to class on time, study hall, all that other stuff that came with being a student athlete. Them days are over, bro. So Murphy, Murphy, Byron Murphy came in at 297. Ooh, that's light. And Jalen Ford came in at 245. What was Jalen Ford's playing? Wait, 235? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Ford. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And he's a good athlete, so let's hope he runs like a four seven. Yeah, yeah, he that'd gonna, be nice. He's gonna impress a lot of teams, man. Like all these guys are. Like I'm big on all eleven guys that are at the combine. 
you know, just with the development that they had at Texas, like they all have potential to make some serious paper, maybe not at first, you know, some of those guys might be undrafted, but I think they're going to get on teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we might be a little iffy on Ryan Watts and a little iffy on Jordan Whittington, but Jordan Whittington's heart, like, come on. that It's going to be tough to keep him off a 53-man roster. I don't yeah. care what, like. Because he's going to make special teams. Yeah, that's it. Like that, As a and fourth that's receiver, why, yeah. Yeah, and that's why Keelan Robinson, too. Like, he's one of those dudes, you know? And that's why Jeff Banks is so big for – what Texas does and just, you know, his presence and how everybody gets him and he gets all these guys to play hard and let them know like, yo, special teams is fun. Like the more tape you put on special teams, young man, this ain't a slight to your game. I get it. You want to be on offense and defense. Cool. But the more tape you put on special teams, the more the NFL is going to see that and say, oh, this guy could do that for us because he did it in college at a very high level. Brendan Schooler. Yeah, that dude. Remember? Yeah, remember. Remember his block field goal this this year for the Patriots where he timed it perfectly? Yeah. He, like, ran down the line and then darted in and blocked the field goal? Yep. Timed it, timed the snap. Yeah. I mean, that guy's turned into a special teams whiz. He had no chance as a safety getting into the NFL. Right. Him and B.J. Foster, oh, Lord. <laughs> Talk about down bad times. Lord have mercy. What has anyone time. checked on BJ Foster lately? I hope he's doing well. I hope he's doing well. Yeah, I hope he's doing, doing well. Good. All right, Lance Taylor. Lance, what's going on? Hey, fellas. I am uh, wrangling a couple of Vishlas and dealing with Amazon Prime and American Express. But other than that, the day is okay. How about you guys? Man, we are doing good. We uh, are you a are you a combine guy? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I, I don't know why we haven't brought it up on our show all week, but yeah, I mean, I was had to go to Tuscaloosa yesterday, so I was listening to some of the interviews down and back, and watched a little bit this morning. Um, yeah, so I am absolutely. Okay. Do you have a do you have a guy that you're like kind of fixated on? We were just talking about Tavondre Sweat, who who did not weigh in at the Senior Bowl because there were concerns. Maybe he was north of three seventy. Wow. He weighed in at three sixty six yesterday. Hey, what an accomplishment! He just uh, <laughs> dropped eight pounds. Yeah, he went and took a shit, and he lost four pounds, right? <laughs> he gave birth to hey, Lance, I was just I was just telling Chip and everybody, yo, man, he ain't got to worry about papers or tests or anything. Back when he was a student athlete, he was probably a stress eater. Now he's going to the NFL. That weight's going to be maintained. He probably lose a couple of LBs. Yeah, you hope. If he doesn't, he ain't going to be on one of those rosters. Man, 366, that's a load. I'll tell you, I don't know what he played at. I mean, you guys saw him up close and personal a lot. They but, listed him at 362. Yeah, but, I mean, he can move if he wants. Yeah, he can move. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, Terrence Cody, that's a name that I always think about, you know, that big run stopper. Huge. Back in Alabama. 
Yeah, I mean, Terrence Cody, I can't even remember what they listed. He had to be 370 plus, but he was the guy that had the the uh the infamous Rocky block, uh the nine six win or the nine ten nine win over Tennessee and Lane Kiffin back in 09 in route to Saban's first national championship in Alabama. But he played, you know, a few good quality years with the Ravens in the league. So, you know, if you still got that athleticism, they'll let you keep some of those pounds on. But I had no idea he, he was that big. Oh yeah. Yeah, the guy whose stock is probably going to take off here is Byron Murphy, the other defensive tackle who looks like Aaron Donald. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I'll never forget when uh, my Rams, big Rams fan, as you guys know, selected Aaron Donald 10th overall out of pit. I was like, ah, man, he seems a little undersized. I don't know how good this guy is going to be. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. One of the best ever. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm interested – couple of guys locally, one of the NIL deals we had was with Terry on Arnold. And he was a cornerback out of Alabama that coming into the season, everybody was talking about Kool-Aid McKinstry. Now it looks like Terry on definitely will go in front of Kool-Aid. Terry on looks like a first round guy, but I'm really interested to see those measurables because he was a great high school basketball player, fantastic athlete. And he's an incredible interview. If you guys ever get an opportunity to talk to Terry on Arnold, just full of charisma, great stories and just an incredible kid. So I think he's going to kill it in every aspect there. And then we, you know, we were in Tuscaloosa yesterday at the football facilities and we had to sit down with the coordinators and with Kayla DeBoer. We did all three of our hours of our show from there. And, you know, we were talking specifically to Nick Sheridan, the new offensive coordinator and to Kayla DeBoer about Michael Penix Jr. And, and you guys watched him against Texas. Texas was a really good defense time, especially the pressure they could put on a quarterback. And he was a, in that game and then he obviously had the off game against Michigan now Kayla DeBoer told me yesterday it seemed like it was kind of an ankle situation so I'm 100 I do think Michigan's defense was completely elite if he would have had a big game against Michigan I think people are talking about Penix kind of like they're talking about J.J. McCarthy it would probably be your regulars Caleb Williams Drake May Jaden Daniels but then I think Penix would be in the conversation and now Penix probably falls second round and you know if i'm a general manager i love the fact that he didn't have a great championship game because i've got enough film on Penix. if he can stay healthy and that's the only the only uh question for me i think Penix is gonna be really good you think my lions should take terry and arnold uh yeah why wouldn't you i mean if you have an opportunity where are you guys selecting 20 20 yeah 27th i think yeah i mean look your your lines um i mean Brian branch they got that right. Yeah, I mean, I just don't like I don't know what you need offensively. You stole a no. top last year. Um they need got, two corners. Yeah, like, that's what I was gonna say, but I'm talking about offensively, you've got everything you need with the monitor right. Brown and you got the burner and Williams, and you've got two good backs, you've got a great offensive line, you've got a quarterback that obviously Jared Goff's good enough to take the Rams to a Super Bowl, take you guys to an NFC championship game. So I think you've got to start defensively. And when you look up front, you guys are able to get after the quarterback. So it's the back end of the defense. But yeah, I think Arnold would be really good in that setting. Cause everyone's talking about Nate Wiggins and I'm like, uh, he's probably going to be gone. Lions are picking 29th. Okay. And I don't know oh. if he'd be around the 29th. If I would, yeah. if I would that three or four months ago, I would, would have laughed at myself. if I heard that out loud, but now it looks like that guy can yeah, Lance, let's stay on Arnold just a little bit longer because going back to the Texas game when they went to Brian Denny, Sark 
took advantage of him. Like, they were going at him. He had a couple of holds and, you know, Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Wordy, who obviously also will be drafted. But they did really well, and I was like, okay, is this guy it? Like, you avoid Kool-Aid McKinstry, and now this dude's probably going to be the first CB taken off the board. Where was the flip? Where was the change? I think it was just confidence there. I really do. I mean, I think he's always had the God-given ability, and we know, you know, that's just one of those possessions, uh, positions, much like a closer in baseball. you got to have a short memory. And and I just don't think Kool-Aid's got that, that front-line speed. Um... You know, Terrion is a guy that can burn, and I really, you know, it's a good question. I don't know exactly when he flipped, but I would say it was all confidence with Terrion. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got a favorite player in the draft? My favorite player is Roma Dunze. I like Adunze, um a lot. Oh, uh, favorite. See, I would have gone Terrion. I got to go with somebody else. Um, oh. You can go Terry on. Oh, oh, you're muted. Muted. You're muted. I tried to put it on airplane. Does airplane mode not mute when people try to call me? <laughs> I, don't know. I can't find it. But anyway, I would have said Terry on Arnold, uh, but I'm interested to see Jaden Daniels. Seems like a great kid. When I saw him earlier at Arizona State, I was like, he's going to be good. Not great. And then he seemed like uh, he regressed at Arizona State under Herm Edwards. And then when he went to the SEC, I was like, I don't know why he's coming to the SEC. He's not going to be able to do anything here. And he's going to get hurt. But the guy, although the slight build, was taking massive hits, and he just doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Do you – where – you know, you just mentioned, you know, Terrence Cody, you had Marcel Darius – Quinnen Williams, Deron Payne. Does Bama have a elite interior defensive lineman in this draft or on the roster? I don't think so in this draft, no. And it's funny you bring up those names because, you know, that was kind of the question mark with this Alabama team was the interior defensive line. What are the question marks this past year? And walking through their facilities and seeing some of those names in those first-round jerseys that were laid out, I mean, and and guys that, you know, even a guy like Ashawn Robinson when when the Rams oh, yeah. bowl against the Bengals, I mean, he was he played so for my Lions against the run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. played for the Lions, obviously. Yeah, but no, I don't think they've got that kind of guy. I think more strength of that team was secondary this year. I mean. You know, maybe best player was Caleb Downs, true freshman, who's now on to Ohio State. Yeah. Do you think Dallas Turner should be the first defensive player taken off the board? I don't know. Um, I thought Dallas was good this year. I thought he was going to be better. I thought he was going to be even better when you go back when he was on the opposite side of Will Anderson just two years ago when Will goes, what, three overall. Um, And Will had a really good rookie season. But I thought Dallas would get a lot more just one-on-one looks, and the numbers weren't as good as I thought they were. But I think Dallas Dallas Turner's, I mean, that guy doesn't lack confidence. Um, I heard some of his interviews yesterday from Mobile, but I think Turner's going to be good. I think he's going to be good. I don't know how good. Um, I don't think he's going to be Will Anderson good, but I think he's going to be good. What do you think of Chris Braswell? Uh, Braswell's another one of those guys that didn't obviously get the love of Will Anderson or like Dallas Turner, but – you know, he is a definitely a pass rush specialist. 
So he could be one of those steals. I hate to keep going back to my Rams, but I thought Lesney did such a great job last year with no first round selections. Again, they finally get the first their first first round selection since 2016 when they took golf number one overall. Um, but you know, getting a guy like Byron Young out of Tennessee, he was good at Tennessee, wasn't great, but guy had eight and a half sacks for for the Rams this year. I think Braswell could be one of those guys. He's got a really good motor, gets after it, plays at a high level. And there's not a ton of expectation right now on Braswell. You know, I was looking at Isaiah Bond last night and I think he had more receptions. Jermaine Burton had more yards. Who do you like better of those two receivers? I like Bond. Why? I, I Bond's just – I think his upside, his speed. Like I never – and this, this, you know – I never thought Burton was great. Like, I was like, he's leaving Georgia to go to Alabama. He just won a national championship. He's going to a team he lost to. I didn't really understand what Bamble was getting with Burton. Now, Burton had some moments this year. And, you know, we were trying to talk about this the other day. Like, Alabama hasn't had really a dominant receiver since Jamison Williams. And you go back and you look at when they had in one time when you had Jerry Judy and you had Jalen Waddell and you had Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith all on one roster, which was incredible. And not even close to that kind of talent, but I do think Isaiah Bond was kind of that burner that can get behind defenses. And I think he will develop and get better and better. And hopefully, you know, that really works out for Texas fans this coming year. But I thought Burton was just kind of a solid guy. Um, I don't know what he'll be in the NFL. Uh, a poor man's a Monroe St. Brown. Um, Careful. Yeah, like, yeah, I just like a poor man. They, my dogs are going nuts. I don't know if you can tell this. I'm about to take them to the dog park. Oh, yeah. I see you got your hunting vest on. Yeah. yeah. Trust me, I don't hunt. They are hunting dogs. Uh, and they're they're pain in the ass. Hey, enough. <laughs> well, that's interesting because. Uh, I just want to show you all this. Uh <laughs> I love it. I mean, it, it, it's nonstop. It is nonstop. How old are they? Uh, so bullet. They're both rescues. You know, I had I had a, a bad breakup. Uh, I had a another visual ladybird, best dog in the history of dogs. And uh, after the breakup, she took ladybird and, and moved, took off, left state. So I don't see ladybird anymore. So I went out. I was like, I want another visual. So I rescued one. Chili was the one I got. The girl. And then the same rescue out of Austin, Texas, by the way, they call me up like two weeks later. Hey, we found this male Vishla in Northport. Um, it's really bad condition. Can you foster it for a couple of nights? And of course, when I did that, it had over 100 ticks on him. He had three parasites, nursed him back to health, and he has been such a pain in the ass. With all that said, he's about a year and a half. Chili, the female's a little over two years. So they're both young. And the problem with the Vishla, or it could be a benefit, I guess, is they really don't start slowing down. They're basically puppies until they're like five or six. Damn. Yeah, so Meanwhile, I'm having for a long time. My 10-year-old Beagle's over here snoring. I yeah, swear. I like a active activity with the dogs, but I'll give you an example. We got those spy collars, the uh, GPS, and I'll take them to the dog park here in a minute. Last Thursday, a week ago today, they did 18 miles each, and they still were doing this bullshit when I got home. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Can't make it off. Wow. That's that's a lot of dog food, too. Oh, yeah. Going to Costco, baby. All right. So 
what uh, spring football for Alabama happens when? It starts Monday. One Monday. Of the we were at the facilities talking to the guys. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen this or talked about it, but Vegas came out with their odds to make the college football playoff. And there were nine teams that were minus and people that maybe don't understand money lines. I'll try to, I'll try to talk in layman's terms. So if you're minus, you are favored to get there. And so nine of those teams, including Texas, were or nine teams, including Texas, were teams favored to get to a college football playoff. Alabama was plus 225. So meaning if you put $100 on Alabama and they get to the college football playoff, you get $225 in return. I remember a time when Alabama to get to a 14 playoff was like minus 200. Yeah. And, oh, I think you've got a quality roster coming back where Tennessee, by the way, was listed with shorter odds than Alabama. Ole Miss. I mean, Michigan. Michigan's got, what, 18 guys at the combine right now? Yeah, 18. Yeah, and they lost their head coach. So I don't yeah. I don't really yep. understand that. But I guess my point is, although I think there's a really solid roster coming back for Alabama and a quarterback that I still don't, don't think you've really scratched the uh, surface of his potential in Jalen Milrow, everybody's just freaking out because Saban's gone. Like if Nick Saban was still coaching this team with the exact roster, I think the expectation would be college football or massive disappointment. That might be the expectation for Alabama fans anyway with Kalen DeBoer, but I just can't believe how – and Kalen DeBoer's overall record is amazing. I don't know if you it's guys – Yeah, it's like 110 and 8 or something. Yeah. And now he's taking the best program he's ever had with the best players he's ever had, and now the expectations he's going to go backwards and go 9-3. and three. I don't see it, but we shall see. But, yes, Monday they get underway. I know you need to get going here, but what what were your takeaways from spending some time with Kalen DeBoer? Like, you know, did it takeaways change your opinion for better or worse? Now, I, I think what's exciting, Chip, is so Kane Womack, who was the standing head coach in the Sun Belt, really good Group Five conference at South, South Alabama, beautiful facilities. He worked with Kalen at Indiana. And he saw the opportunity to come back. But what's going to be so interesting, so Kane Womack, and you guys can check this out, this interview. He sat down with Nick Saban before he sat down with us yesterday to go over his terminology, where Nick Saban is familiar with that. Where when he ever talks to Nick Saban about advice in the future, Nick Saban will know what he's doing, and then he can throw in his two cents. But, you know, in the past, when Kirby Smart took off to take Georgia, nobody was really concerned about the defense from – Jeremy Pruitt to Pete Golding uh, to Kevin Steele to all the guys in between because it was Nick Saban's defense. Well, now you don't have that guy. You got an offensive guy in Kalen DeBoer. Now Kane Womack is going to be so important for this team. Uh, with that said, I think Womack is uh, a personable, very confident guy. Um, you know, his dad, Dave Womack, was a longtime defensive coordinator in the SEC. I think they're going to be fine there. Um, I do think Grubb and Huff taking off are going to be big losses. But Nick Sheridan is a guy that has called plays before, and it's going to be Kalen DeBoer's offense. So uh, the accessibility is night and day. You know, it was one voice or one program, one voice with Nick Saban. Now we do have the opportunity to talk to some of these other guys. Um, Kayla wow. DeBoer, to me, yeah. Kayla DeBoer to me um, is maybe a nicer Nick Saban. You don't get a ton. Like he's not the most personable guy. Um, but it's just a different tone. Yeah. 
Okay. Last one for me, Lance. March is tomorrow. What's it looking like for Lance'sLock.com for college basketball? Uh, we're going to be all over it. We're coming off a four and three last night. Uh, we had Tennessee against Auburn. Boy, Dalton Connect really hooked us up there. That kid, I, yep. I mean, the shots he was making, and I don't know a weakness in his game at 6'6". He can do absolutely everything. And to imagine this guy was in the big sky. He wasn't even first team big sky last year. Greeley, Colorado. Yeah, he's going to be your your SEC player of the year, and he might still end up being probably not your national player of the year, but he's going to be a first-team All-American. Um, and But we did have Ole Miss on the other side of Alabama, but now we get Alabama and Tennessee coming up March 2nd. Coleman Coliseum game day is going to be there, so excited about that. But we're going to hand you winners tonight. I've got Ohio State is a free winner against Red Hot Nebraska and Fred Hoiberg, the mayor. But I've got Ohio State with an interim coach laying three and a half. That is your free play today. Give you one of those all the time at Lance'sLog.com. Do you fade Rick Barnes in the NCAA tournament? No. My dumbass uh, had Tennessee playing for the national championship two years ago when they got bounced in the second round by Michigan. Ended up losing our bracket because of that and had to go out Midwest, travel back. three. Tra- uh, I-, I had no idea where I was going. Ended up flying me to Sal- Salina, Kansas. I might have told you guys the story. Had to take a bus a rental, and a train to get home. So <laughs> I believed in Rick Barnes. I'm going to give him another opportunity. I looked again at the Texas resume, and I brought this up on the show yesterday. Rick Barnes is so good in the regular season. He hasn't done anything in the postseason at Tennessee. But if you go back to the days at Texas where nobody's done anything with that program, he did go to the final four with TJ Ford and two elite eights outside of that. So maybe this is that year he catches a little magic and with a guy like Connect and the, you know, Vescovi and, and, and you know, those, those – and Ziegler, those veteran guards, you know, this might be that team. Yeah, his 06 Elite Eight team had LaMarcus Aldridge and P.J. Tucker and Brad Buckman and LaMarcus Aldridge Booby against Gip- Len – Big baby Davis and Tyrus Thomas went two of 14. It was heartbreaking. The guy yeah. was crying well, in the locker room. Kevin Durant didn't even win one game in the postseason, did he? No, but that wasn't his fault. Um, I think that was the game DJ Augustine had his worst game of the year. And Swaggy P and Taj Gibson and Gabe Pruitt for USC went off. Nick Price went off. But, but Nick Young, Nick Young, sorry. Of us, if we if we took over from Rodney Terry, I don't think this would bother us. But outside of that, if we took that current roster and we brought Kevin Durant as is right now, I think we can win a national championship. <laughs> Durant used to shoot threes left-handed and make them all in warm-ups at Texas. Yeah. That's how insanely good that guy is. I mean, I just, you guys, I mean, this is Dave, myself, Kip, I know you remember this. When Danny Manning put Kansas on his back in 1988 and completely rode through six games and won a national championship for Larry Brown, you know, that's the expectation I would have with a guy like Kevin Durant, though. Yeah. 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 Manning, Danny and the Miracles. All right, Lance. I love it. God bless you. You are you are doing God's work there. I got got to rescue my dogs, man. It's the uh, Beastler Rescue out of Austin. Shout got out to you. Nikki. Wait, hey Nikki, keep uh, keep those Beastlers going to Lance. He needs I told, a couple more. I know. I told her to never call me again. <laughs> All right, buddy.
Appreciate we'll you, Lance. Next week. Yeah. I'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Right. Lance Taylor, live, uh, next round live. Birmingham and Lance's lock.com. We just like talking about dogs and stuff with Lance. Do you fade Rick Barnes come March, Zay? Um, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's it's perplexing. I can't believe he hasn't learned this lesson yet. Cut him loose, man. Yeah. Say your training is in. You're prepared. You're ready. Go have fun. You got to play a little D, but go have fun. Go have fun. Yeah. Shoot the lights out. I mean, connect. He's the best player Rick Barnes has had since TJ. When KD, like. I mean, think about the players that Rick had there in the early 2000s. Corey Joseph, Tristan Thompson, Jordan Hamilton. I mean, he had dudes. And, you know, DJ Augustine, even, even though he lost Durant, he still had, you know, DJ Augustine. Dexter Pittman was on that, the uh, 08 team that went to the Elite Eight, lost to Memphis, Calipari's Memphis. That was the funniest quote ever. Dan Wolken, who I think at the time, now he's with USA Today at the time, he was with the Memphis newspaper, said, uh, you know, because he was talking about how Texas was on the rise with Barnes. He's like, you know, you're in a recruiting battle with Texas for Tyreek Evans. And Cal Perry goes, we're never going to lose a player to Texas. And I was like, dang. Yeah, so disrespectful. That Where did mean, Tyreek Evans go? Memphis. Memphis. And, and that was right after Barnes had Durant. Yeah. Yeah, certain yeah. people weren't high on KD. Well, like. Everybody thought like, oh, you're 6'9 and you weigh 195 pounds. Yeah, because he's like Dazoo. He grew. He was 6'3 like as a junior and or sophomore in high school. And then he was 6'6 and then, and then he was 6'9. And he just kept growing. I mean, he was 6'9 when he 6'10 when he got to Texas and grew another inch while he was there. But he had that handle and he had that shot. Oh, Lord, he had that shot. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're the Trailblazers who didn't take him in the 07 draft and you take Greg Oden, which I guess it was still the NBA. He's the only brother who looks older than he is. Yeah. Yeah, he came in looking looking like Bill Russell. Yeah. (laughs) Like, dude, yeah. And – the whole logic for Portland was we don't think KD's strong enough. Like he didn't right. bench whatever the hell he didn't bench. That was my man Colin Cowherd saying all that stuff. Cowherd, He's like, that was one of his worst takes ever. He can only bench 185 once. But yet he's averaging double-digit rebounds in college. Like the film has to matter. You know what I'm saying? Like he's playing center a lot for that right. bar team. So if you're averaging around 11 rebounds as a freshman, like his basketball strength is way better than just his weightlifting strength. 
Like some of the guys just kind of like what you see in the combine today. Some guys are going to go crazy today when it comes to the drills and stuff. But you look at the film and it's not there. While vice versa, some guys film is crazy and then they go and they test like shit. Like that's one of those things of KD. The film means way more than the testing. So when you see him averaging 25 and 11 as a freshman, you you should be able to put that together. 25.8 and 11. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's round and, it up. So 26 and 11. And Come he on. shot 40% from three. What are we doing? What are we doing? 82 of 203 threes. Like 40%. Yeah. And like and even, you can make it left-handed. And like, I know it's a different ownership group, but you're still with the Blazers. Like I see 83 or excuse me, 84 where you don't take Michael Jordan, but take Sam Bowie. Like that has to resonate somewhere, right? Like you have to think, okay, great guard play is better than great big man play at the end of the day. So I get it. We have Clyde, but Mike's special, you know, <laughs> like I like Kevin Durant is special. Greg Oden, like, oh, man. And it wasn't like Greg Oden was bad. He just had injury problems. Like that's what right. I heard him. Greg Oden was they, a, a solid player. They were really feet. high on him. Yeah, horrible feet. You, you get seven footers with bad feet. It's like when Yao Ming started having foot trouble, it's over. Remember Ilgowskis, the Dronus Ilgowskis with the Cavs, seven foot three? Yeah. He started having foot issues. It's over, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Calipari, we know why he lost to Mobamba. Oh, my God. He paid the wrong man. He paid the brother. He, he should have paid the handler. Mm. And, then his, and then his brother's like, and then Kentucky's like, okay, well, you can keep the money. But make sure that you take care of business, if you know what I mean. So he makes that video and it gets released on a Kentucky website. His brother, <laughs> his brother is sitting at poolside in San Marcos. He kept saying, I'm sitting here at the pool in San Marcos. San Marcos. And I just want y'all to know Texas is paying for everything. They're paying for this apartment i'm in they're paying for la 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 and you're like uh mo you wanna you wanna dial your brother off here hey it's hard to control them brothers man them siblings that's why you gotta cut them off sometimes you know you want to take everybody with you hope all these guys at the combine know that when you get asked about your family uh what about your brother my brother, why are you asking about that? We heard Dan Neal yesterday. They'll ask you about everything. Oh, remember they asked Des Bryant if his mom was a prostitute. They asked Des Bryant that? Yes. Was his mama, she, was she, what was she doing? Was she a stripper or something? I don't know. <laughs> like, that was, that was slanderous. Now, I don't know. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything. But he was pissed and he had every right. But. Dan was talking about it and he's right because they do have private investigators all over the place who run 
you know, checks. I mean, that was the whole thing about Quincy Carter. Like I, I'm still to this day, I'm convinced that Jerry kind of fell in love with Quincy because he heard that Al Davis wanted Quincy Carter. And if you go back, you'll notice the Cowboys traded up to get Quincy and they traded right in front, front of the Raiders. And I was told later the Raiders bluffed the Cowboys. And there were all kinds of rumors about Quincy. Um, There was point shaving rumors. Now, again, none of it was validated, obviously, or Jerry wouldn't have picked him. But there were drug questions, and he ended up kind of testing out of the league uh, for substance abuse. Now he's doing great. He's a role model. He's looking out for kids. He's here in, in Central Texas. Love Quincy. And, and he took the Cowboys to the playoffs. I mean, don't ever forget that with Bill Parcells. The guy, the guy had had the talent to be an NFL quarterback. But, man, it. I mean, those private investigators are digging around in your kitchen yeah. to know what's going on and all that stuff. And, and they just want to see you unhinged. Yeah. Like, they probably just say, hey, your mama a prostitute does just to see <laughs> – how how's he, how are you going to react from that? Right, you know, is he comfortable with himself to know? Hell no, my mom's not a prostitute, but not get offended or let it be, you know, a burden to how he carries himself. Which you know how these coaches and GMs are like they want to see you in the heat of battle. Like, can you go out in front of fifty thousand and perform when people are saying who knows what or you know I, I don't know. It's just yeah, they're going to test you. And they're trying to break you and see you at your worst. And yeah, it's like a reality show, man. Yeah, they asked, I remember this, they asked Darius Geis if he liked men. Gotta ask him that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's wild. That is wild. I mean, we will uh we'll keep you posted on how how things are going there in Indianapolis. But hey, uh, shout out, shout out to Byron Murphy. These are the guys I heard. Byron Murphy, Travandre Sweat, and Jatavion Sanders today for letting the people know, hey, I might be here in the draft now, and yes, I'm promoting me, but I came from the product of the University of Texas. And there's guys down there that are going to be sitting in the same seat that I am. Y'all look out for them. Like Javondre Sweat and Byron Murphy were shouting out Anthony Hill and Alfred Collins. And, you know, you heard JT Sanders say that uh, Jonte Cook is a miniature Zay Worthy. Like, I love that shit, man. That's 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 where you look at Sark and everybody talking about, dang, Sark getting paid this money. And you talk about the culture and what it is now. That's it. Like, that's the brotherhood that you need to have. You know what I'm saying? Like, they – those guys, yes, they're promoting themselves, but for them to shout out the guys that are on campus now who are going to be putting in the work to be successful and hopefully become professional athletes, that's huge, man. Like, I was very impressed by Murphy and T. Sweat and J.T. Sanders all doing that. Like, it says a lot about what Sark has going on down here at the 40. Yeah, yeah. I think Isaiah Bond is going to be a mini- Xavier worthy. Yeah. 
and Matthew Golden's going to be A.D. Mitchell. I'll take it. Uh, here's the other thing, though. Go watch some video of uh, the Beaver Joystick. Silas, <laughs> Bolden. Silas Bolden. That's what they call him. The Beaver Joystick. It sounds like a porno film. But he's... <laughs> That dude has got some stop and start. He is electric, man. So watch out because, and he, he can, he's tough. He's tiny, but he's, he can fly and he can catch. So watch out because that dude had more catches than anybody. He had 54 catches last year. Um, Matthew, Golden had 38 each of the last two seasons and Bond had 46 catches. And I mean, this is where I, I think it's going to get interesting because you've got, you got Golden, Bolden and Bond and Jonte and DeAndre Moore, who they like and Niblet. They both like those two guys in the slot and Bolden and Bond can, you know, play anywhere, but mostly outside and, uh, and Golden is the guy I think has that big playability down the field, like, like AD Mitchell had. So you could probably have, Bond lead in receptions, maybe even yards and golden lead in touchdown catches. Kind of like what we saw this year with Worthy, you know, getting over a thousand yards receiving. AD was only at 845, but he had 11 touchdown catches because he was the top red zone target at 6'4, 190. And I think AD Mitchell is going to be a beast in the NFL, whoever gets him, wherever they get him. Like I thought Quentin Johnston was going to be good and he sucked. Oh, AD Mitchell, dude, he was terrible. He, played, <laughs> he looked scared. He was dropping balls. I'm blame Brandon Staley. Damn it. Blame okay. him. I, I'm going to blame him. Off, I need you to, that was my top pick in my fantasy. Yeah, oh yeah, that's why you're he's catching a stray that doesn't deserve. You're talking about AD Mitchell and Quentin Johnston comes and catches a stray. Come on, man. He don't deserve that. No, AD Mitchell's gonna blow circles around Quentin Johnston. But if I can get my hands on Roma Dunze in this rookie dynasty draft, that's my guy. Yeah, man. You're all hopefully here no one hopefully no one in my draft is listening to me. Yeah, you're out here saying Roman Doomsday is better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Hey, Hell yeah. That's, <laughs> you're very confident with that take, man. Hey, and guess, who, guess who backed me up today? Who backed you up? Daniel Jeremiah. Okay. Daniel Jeremiah said, Roma Doomsday, this guy with contested catches and the way he goes about his work and his route running, his recognition. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's my favorite player in the draft right there. Roma Dunze. Hey, All he does there. is make plays. 
Hell of a player. I've been seeing the Jamar Chase comparisons and going back to where you're saying about the current players at Texas, the wide receiver crew. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, once that, I guess, transfer portal period comes around because not everybody's going to be happy. You know, Silas Bolden, he's still in Oregon. Like, that dude's not even on campus yet. So I'm very – he's got to graduate. Yeah, like – I don't even, we're not even talking about Ryan Wingo. Like, with that dude, right. a lot of people, Hank South, Hank South doesn't expect that I mean, guy to sit. Like, right. at all. You know, we take Hank's word pretty deep here. That's why we have him on every week. <laughs> so, like, Ryan Wingo, like Chris Jackson, oh, he's sitting pretty right now. I'm Chris Jackson. I know everybody's obsessed right now. That's the word that Sark's throwing around, but. I'm Chris Jackson. I'm sitting pretty like, yo, this is why I came to tech. This is why I left the National Football League, had a great job with the Jacksonville Jaguars and came to Texas to be around this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm with it. Like, Quinn Ewers, this is why you come back, which Quinn should have came back no matter what. But this is why you came back, even though it might take a little bit to get that camaraderie and chemistry on the field. They'll figure it out. And when they do. Texas could be the best offense in the nation next year. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get that. Got to get that right tackle position solidified. My man, Cam Williams, I hear they're trying to trim him up a little bit, slim him down. He's a big fella. 374. Yeah, man. What do you mean? Yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, gotta have a kickstep. Let these dudes eat, man. Why we can't be having snacks? I can't be having snacks coming out of his pockets on the field. Gosh, man, we be fat shaming these dudes. It's 2024. Those days are over. Those days are over. I'm just asking for a little balance. Mix in some greens. Just mix in some greens. Chodes. For what? Man, they got that. They got that tank. That Texas Athletic Nutrition Center over at Texas. They got greens. They got <laughs> Javadre Sweat said he was tired of eating that. You remember when he said that? He no, said, "Yo, tank. I need some Twinkies." Javadre Sweat said, "Yo, I look. I get it. It's good, but when you've been here, I need some honey buns. Have, yeah, man. Let these need some little Debbies. You know." Make sure they work it. I need some Little Debbie's oatmeal snack cakes. Nick Saban? Come on. Oh, I knew it. You knew where I was going with that. Yo, I, you were naming some stuff, man. I haven't eaten any of those in so long. I used to be a honey bun fiend. Oh, my I, God. They sold that in our little high school, like, concession area in the main hall. I remember I was, like, starving. And like an idiot, I had a tennis match for our team, and I ate a honey bun. Oh, my God. I bonked in that match so bad. I was, like, shaking. <laughs> my coach had to bring me, like, peanut butter crackers to kind of balance my <laughs> blood sugar. Oh, it was awful. I lost that match so bad. My coach is like, what the hell happened? I was like, I'm sorry. I ate a honey bun. Oh, it's so soft. That's so soft, man. If I would have told CC that, come on, man. I would have again. It to this Never day. again. A honey Never bun? again. I, I should have gave you more juice. 
Yo, best honey buns all time, Duchess. That's yeah. the brand right there. Duchess yeah. honey buns. You sell them at the concession stand. Yeah. Yo, that's what I ate all the time. What Every that brand? Get a honey bun. Yeah. It's yeah, terrible. Man. Honey bun refrosting? Mm, nah, that's too much. No, that's too much. Right, just the glaze. OG glaze, exactly. I was such a donut guy. Like I would ride my bike. Like my parents would never take me to go get donuts. So I would ride my bike like five miles to the Dunkin' Donut. Put the damn dozen box like sideways in my backpack, throw it on my back and drive home. <laughs> and then my dad would start eating the donuts. I'm like, no, you could have driven me and we could have gone in on it together. I bought this. Gone in on it. Well, my dad was such a knucklehead. Like he, he, I was like, Hey, can we get HBO? He's like, what's that? This is like when it first came out. I was like in fourth grade delivering newspapers. It was like $6 a month. I was like, I was like flipping through the program, all these movies. I'm like, we're getting HBO. I'm buying it. My mom's like, okay, you know, so we get it. And suddenly we have HBO and I'm paying it, paying for it to my mom with my newspaper money. Then I catch my dad watching all the like skin movies late at yeah, night. Real sex. Hey, Hell yeah, pops, how about kicking in a little something? <laughs> what you mean? You're <laughs> like, you can pay for this. You have a job. I have a newspaper route. <laughs> so he started paying for it because I caught him watching Herod Experiment and whatever the some sailor movie with Chris Christopherson and Sarah Miles. Man. Oh my god, yo! It was back when they had like '70s Bush going. I mean, it was oh like, gosh, yeah, it was a jungle out there. <laughs> hey, some guys like a safari, man. Safari, some guys you know? like <laughs> some guys like to, you know. I'm chopping through the forest, <laughs> you know. Rambo's it's got to be in guy. here somewhere. Yeah, Rambo's my guy. Come on, it's got to be in here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel you. Yeah, Bob. SD. This is what my dad was doing. He was taping Cinemax after dark. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, fashion I was like, go. Huh? Fashion Co. Passion Cove. Hotel Erotica, all those. What was the, what was, yeah, was Cinemax? What was the one with all the brothers in it? Oh, uh, was that Zane? Yeah. Zane? <laughs> yeah. What was that called? That whole franchise? Zane's Sex Chronicles? Zane? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with all the brothers in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah, that was, a, that was a book. And then they turned it into. Look at these sisters in this show. <laughs> Change your life, huh? Oh, yeah. I'd be thinking different. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. That's all about. Yeah, whatever happened to that franchise? Is that thing gone? I don't know. That's... Those people got to be like 60 now. 
but it was good. It was yeah, good. They had some good stuff year. back then, man. Huh? Yeah. They had some good yeah. stuff back then, man. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get a couple mentions in here for the uh for the sponsors. You know, Apple leasing, getting you into the car you want to be driving. It's a beautiful thing because they've got the you know, you're going to pick any make and model of car. They're going to lease any make and model of car. It's a beautiful thing. You're, you're, that's the game changer. You've never had a new car experience like this. And then you realize, oh man, I can pick any make and model of car. And I'm not paying for the future trade-in value of that car, which is the single biggest markup in a new or used car. And it's new under warranty, like new car smell. Yeah. Yeah. All that. And whether you want to keep your payments in the $400 range or get a Range Rover, Apple Leasing's got you covered. Give them a call today. 346-9977. Tell them Chip Brown sent you. And Brain Vault, Mouth Guard, changing the game, revolutionizing the game for your protection. It's the Mouth Guard that is patented and proven to reduce the effects of concussion. So if you're the competitor, this is what you've got to have, the Brain Vault mouth guard. If you've got a young competitor in cheerleading, flag football, lacrosse, uh, basketball, they need the Brain Vault mouth guard because you need to play hard, but you need to play smart and you need to play safe. Brain Vault mouth guard developed by Austin's dentist, Dr. Greg Eckert, Dr. U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Uh, just go to brainvault.com, set up a fitting. And when you're ready for the big screen of your dreams, only one place to go, audiovisual consultations. And here's the thing. You don't have to go shopping. You don't have to go borrow a truck to get some 80-inch TV. Don't even think about punching holes in your drywall. Just let Tom and his crew bring everything to you. Write this number down, 255-8678. Make that call when you're ready. You'll be glad you did. Surround sound, surveillance, uh, electronic shades, new lighting. And uh, Salt Traders Coastal Cooking, kids. You love oysters. This is your place. Happy hour every day, 3.30 to 6.30. Dollar oysters during happy hour. Dollar raw, raw oysters. The best selection of raw oysters. Oh, yeah. Get in there. Get in there. Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Um, Zay, we talked about the, uh, talked about the Texas women letting one get away. Uh, by the way, uh, Texas A&M's McKinley Jackson, defensive lineman, 326 pounds, big fella, lumbering, lumbering, 5.27 in the fort. McKinley Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Not bad. What would you run the 40 in? Oh, shit. shit. Now or in my hay? Both. Now we're talking about sixes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just I'd have to do some crazy amount of stretching. I'd be in, the, in my head about will I make it or will I pull a hammy? You know, it, it wouldn't be good. Uh, my heyday, mm, probably low fives. I was slow, man. Real slow. 
Slow. I don't think I'd ever be in the fours. No. Ooh, Chris Jenkins from Michigan. 299. He just ran a 502. 40. Fastest so far among the defensive linemen, 498. Whew. That's Let's see what I see big T sweat in line. So we'll let you know how, how it goes. How about you? Uh Man, that's a good question. I had good – I would have been great in the cone drill. So I had great yeah. short area quickness, quick feet, good good tennis player, good basketball player. I could play defense. I was that guy who just, you know, face guard the other team's best player. And the guy I would have given you 30. What are you talking <laughs> Face guard of the best player? I would have given you 30 and 10. Get the hell out of here with hey, that. Come listen. on. Where's the film? I'm going to need film. Are you like I was, in the 100 game? Just no film out there? I was only brought in off the bench for special occasions. <laughs> when they needed someone to shoot a technical foul free throw. And... Uh, when we were up or down 30 points. So. Damn. You were good yeah. on the free throw line, though? That's a big oh, yeah. Money. Money. Still. Yeah? Got my got my routine. It's it's smooth. Yeah, I'll show you. Yeah, what, what's the routine? How many dribbles? Any spins? One, one dribble, two dribble, two knee bends, and then I'm right into the knee bend and up. <laughs> Very smooth, very fluid. One or two dribbles? It's, no, it's one, one or the other. One and then one. a little knee bend, two, little knee bend, and then okay. right up and into it. That's a solid routine. Yeah. Not bad. Yo, yeah. CC is so superstitious about free throw routines. That he is all about the routine. He used to say all the time for guys that struggled, oh, it starts, their routine's horrible. You know, like Tim Duncan, he would always say about Timmy. Because you remember Duncan would like have his knees inverted a little bit, and then he would pause and like hold the ball like straight. Yeah. And hold his yeah. head like straight. Like it's, yeah, he'd bring it up like that. Yeah, exactly. And he would hold it for like five seconds just thinking about it. Like he would almost get – a penalty call for holding it too long. And then it would just go really fast. Yeah. Everyone would be falling into the lane. Yeah. Like in some years, Timmy was better at free throws than others, but gosh, man, like, yeah, he was so crazy on me about my routine. Like, cause I, I always wanted to spin it and he hated the spin. He thought it was too showboaty and just like too flashy. Well, was, you, you like to flip it. Yes, I, I want to flip it in your hands for a second. Yeah, yeah. And plus, I, I'm I'm a little bit about the flash too. Like I, you know, I'm all about my routines. I love different NBA routines. Remember Hornacek used to like rub the face. And oh shit. yeah. <laughs> like there, there's guys like that, and somebody used to kiss the ball. I don't remember who did that, but yeah. So I would want to spin it. And he'd be like, "Damn it, Zay, we're not spinning the ball." Like Just right in the middle of your it. routine. Yeah, just dribble. He changed my routine, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm just three dribbles and shoot it. And that became my routine afterwards. But, 
yeah, man, it don't matter. Just shoot the ball. Like, J.J. Reddick used to spin the ball like eight times. He was one of the best shooters ever. Jordan used to spin it. Like Byron Murphy, 488. Oh, flying. Oh, now he's second. The the top time is 478. Brandon Fisk. But yeah, Byron Murphy, 488. You kidding me? That's flying. For a dude, That's for flying. A dude 297. That's Come on, man. Flying. Which what, what was his weight playing weight this season? It was in the threes, right? Is yeah, they alive? listed him at 308. Yeah. Hmm. He's ripped up, dude. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, Aaron Donald has always been right at 300 pounds, but he is so put together and he's all, he's got that squat base. He's so strong in his legs. You can't move him. And that's, that's what you got with uh, Byron Murphy. It's what you had with Roy Miller. But you have Casey Hampton. My God, Casey Hampton was built like a fire hydrant. You know, <laughs> I mean, literally, you could not move him. And for ten years, he was the he was the nose tackle in a three-four for two-time Super Bowl winning Pittsburgh Steelers, a town that loves defense and loved Casey Hampton. I was so happy for Casey. Cause I was like, I went up, I covered the Steelers in the playoffs when I was working for the Dallas morning news. Cause I, I was like, Oh, I'll go up and do a story on Casey. It's a good local story for us. So I go up and I'm like, how you doing, man? Like Galveston kid up here. He's like, dude, this is the best football town ever. Yeah. Like they love their football. They, they understand it. It's awesome. He's like, I don't think my girlfriend's too crazy about it. It's cold as hell up here, but I love it. All right, here's Big T Sweat. Big T Sweat. He's down in his stance. Six, four and a half, 366. Come on, dog. Big you get in the fours, man. Big fella. And he's off. Oh, got out of those blocks. Five two seven, not bad. Five two seven. Hey, for a for a big fella, yeah, not bad at all. Three sixty six, not bad. Yo, I'm watching this Byron Murphy. Thank you, CB, for sending it to us. Appreciate you, Byron Murphy, man. <laughs> Holy shit! What? Just watching him run, like oh, yeah. That doesn't. That, that that's not. This just doesn't look realistic. I know. He looks like, like a lion. Huh? <laughs> that doesn't look nothing normal about this at all. Yeah. Like form smooth. Like some guys like, look herky jerky running yeah. like this and stuff and just horrible form. You know? Yeah. B. Murphy, well, like he's been training with track coaches and shit. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Murph Dog is. Wait till he gets. Like, everyone loves Bo Davis. There's no doubt. You know, Bo's been an NFL defensive line coach. But, man, if he gets with a, a technician, man, he's just going to get better and better and better. Once he realizes, you know, all the little secrets and and the thing about the NFL is 
it's the same guys, you know, I mean, like your average life expectancy in the NFL is three and a half years. You're going to see the same guys in your division. You should, you know, and you learn their techniques and you learn where they're vulnerable. Oh man, it's on. Cause I think in college, some guys take the film study seriously. Some don't. I think Murphy and sweat did this past year and that's why they were so good. Um, but a lot of times in college guys are just like, I'm still the biggest, baddest dude, man. I'm I'll be fine. And you got to want to study film and you got to know what you're looking for. Like it, you can't just say, Oh, I'm, I'm studying film. No, you gotta, you gotta know what you're looking for. So yeah. Yeah, you gotta know now, that's the other about. thing about Murphy. He's the youngest guy in the draft. How old is he? 20, 21. I think he's 20. I think he 20? turns, I think he turns 21. Like, let me, let me double check that. It's close. He's either just turned or he's about to turn. So he came into Texas as like a 17-year-old, maybe 16? Yeah, he's like me. He was born. uh, He just, okay, he turned 21 in September. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 Um, sometimes guys just you gotta find a coach that can help you watch film if you're not one of those dudes, you know. And well, again, think about what Dan Neal said yesterday about that guy who kind of saved his career, the guy who was ahead of him who got hurt. And Dan's told me that story before because he's like that offensive line coach was such a tyrant that it'll it started to wear on dan's confidence and so what he said on the show yesterday that he would just walk right past the offensive line coach like not even listen to him and go right to david delagarza and say okay what are you seeing and that guy would be like you're fine or you know you got to get a little bit you know, lower here, you got to make sure you punch him there. And because Dan was like, I I got my confidence back from my teammates mm-hmm. because my coach was like, what are you, an idiot? You yeah. know, that's what I'm saying. Like, we talk about that all the time. I'm glad Dan, somebody who's been there and done that, could come on and express just like how important that is and how many toxic coaches are in the NFL that just don't go about it the right way. Like you might know all the X's and O's in the world. You might be, you know, the best at, I guess, just teaching the game. But if you're not personable, if you're not relatable, then it's in one ear out the other for some of these guys. Like for sure. Dan, Dan's not a disrespectful person. But if you're disrespecting him, why would you deserve that respect as a coach? You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of guys don't understand that. And it's just, it, it's beyond me. I, I, I never get it. Like, how can you be paid millions and not get that part of the job? Like that's a part of the job. You know what I'm saying? And for him to say Gary Kubiak was the best at it, like that says a lot to why Gary Kubiak gets the respect that he does, you know, in football. 
So, yeah, hopefully all these guys that get drafted, they're put in those situations because we talked about it with Colt. Like, if you're not, it could hurt your career, and that sucks, and it's very unfortunate. I thought – I didn't know if Mike Elko had any relationship with Gary Kubiak, but I know Kubiak was still interested in coaching. I don't know if he'd want – you know, he went to A&M, so it's like, you know, I don't know if he'd get into recruiting or not. But that dude can coach. Yeah, I don't want them problems. Wherever Kubiak is, just relax, bro. Do what you're doing. Enjoy that. I don't need that dude coming down to College Station. Which, have you heard the rumors about now A&M people are like, okay, since Texas is coming to the SEC, we're salty again. And we want to be the only team, so let's go to the Big Ten. Have you seen that? Or is that just the crazy shit that I be seeing on Twitter. Oh, listen, I, I, I wouldn't rule anything out, but what a crazy scenario that would be. Like, what if the sec members were like, okay, now that we got Texas, we'll let them go. And we won't even make them pay the penalty to leave. <laughs> God, I would hate that so much. I just want the games, man. Like, quit running. Quit running. Why y'all being scary? Like, why y'all being scary? I get it. Everything that the standard is for A&M is compared to Texas. I understand that. But, like, it's better for y'all to play us too. Like, why don't they get that? Like, why, why don't they embrace that? They just can't deal with defeat. Is there that many people that are running the show down there that stubborn, like that egotistical? No. Like I don't, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Get egotistical, race. yes. John Sharp. Oh, Johnny! Come on, man! Come on, Johnny! Come on, Johnny! Don't go running. Embrace it. You know, think about oh, think about Thanksgiving Day or after the day after Thanksgiving. How lovely that could be for the next hundred years you'd be long gone but still that sounds magical to me you know what i'm saying like elko's the guy right yeah like (laughs) elko's the guy like again if i'm a and them i'm salty that i didn't get to play texas during the charlie strong uh, uh, tom herman era because you might have got some dubs there you know what i'm saying like they left in a way, at the wrong time, if we're comparing everything to Texas, because you go against them Charlie Strong teams, hell, you might win all of those, but we'll never know, because now you in the other conference, and you took them off the schedule, and you're running. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's – they had an opportunity, and now that Texas is back up, like Idris Ilba and The Wire, we back up. They're running be- again. You're hearing rumors about, about I'm running again. That's I'm crazy. talking about eating your elbow around my wife. Makes her oh, a little is that her, the is that her? Is that her hall pass? If you had to give her one? Yeah, ah. That and him and Pitbull. Pitbull. <laughs> hey, that's not bad. It could be worse. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it could be worse. Eat your elbow. Hey, that's. Good looking brother. He's a smooth brother right there. Smooth brother, Luther. Yeah. The wire. How many seasons did you make it? 
Um, three. I'm three in. Yeah, three. I I haven't started the when they're kids at the school. I haven't started that. I want to, but I have to watch it with the wife, and she she's the wires dated for her. That's the thing with like my wife, because again, she's she's already it, seen it. No, she hasn't seen it. It's just that since it came back in the early 2000s, she's thinking 2024 living. Like, why don't they have cell phones? What's going on with the? Why are they doing all this? I'm like, babe, why do they have pagers? Yeah, why do they have pagers? I'm like, babe, like, come on, you, you gotta get with the program. And <laughs> so that the wire, yeah, the wire. She's like, ah, I don't know. Like, she doesn't get all the hoopla. I get it. I'm over here like, yo, this is this TV. Oh, different. the first three seasons of The Wire are amazing. Yeah, it, it could be a little slow at times. I'll admit that. And you might have to rewind a little bit, maybe put some subtitles on to get some of the lingo. But overall, oh, it's on point. It's on point, man. Have yeah. you gone to see? Have you gone to see the Bob Marley movie One Love yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. That's that's a Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu deal for me. Yeah, they they might need some subtitles for that one. You said that. Because that Jamaican accent is so thick. You're like, huh? I mean, it's good. It's, it's, you feel like you're right there in Kingston, baby. You know? Oblomboclop. You watch the challenge. Is that the real world stuff? Like the competitions? No. Yeah. I don't watch that. I'm more of a survivor guy. Yeah, I mean, I like been on the latest seasons. What about Big Brother? No. So Survivor, no Big Brother, no challenge. Yeah, no challenge. You know, I'm a Bachelor guy, Bachelor, Bachelorette. That's a go-to. I didn't know. Don't spoil it for me. I didn't see the last episode on Monday. He's probably, it's time to smash the girls now. You know, we're going to. When it's like the top four, no, that's a lie. You bring them home. When it's the top four, you bring them home and you meet Yeah, the, the hometown parents. dates. The hometown dates. And then after that, you whittle it down to three. That's smashing time. That's when he gets to see, all right, which one's the best in bed? Which one can I see a future with? Because we can't. it can't be stale. It can't be stale. Like, you got to know what you're getting yourself into, which is a wild few days, I'm sure. They make it seem like it's just three straight days. Which is a lot. Like, man, I hope he could pop a pill or do something. But still, hey, you can really see that's, and I'm not there yet. So we'll see what happens, man. But yeah, it's been a solid season. It's been a solid season. My man's in the deep last out. season. My daughter and I used to watch that. The last season we watched was the uh, that crazy split season with Tasha, where. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. One of the the girl fell in love. Claire, who just fell in love (laughs) with Yeah, with light skinned brother. With light skinned brother. Yeah. And she's like, I'm done. I just want him. And they're like, huh? That's not how this works. Oh yeah, Yeah. they bring in Tasha out of nowhere to like pick up with these other dudes. Her season was insane. Yeah, I forgot who she ended up with. I, I forgot. I don't, yeah, she, I don't remember. She ended up with some guy she dumped like a, six months later. Yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, the, the percentages aren't well. They're not good. They're not yeah. high. Like I don't you're, know. You're risking. I don't know why. You're dating 30 <laughs> people at the same time. How does that not work? It's worked before, though. For some, it's worked. 
So there's hope. This only happened in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's hope, but yeah, old girl Claire, that didn't work out at all. Like, and she was older too. Yeah, remember that dude who like shamed her, that Yosef guy? What did he say? He was like, I would expect, like, she had the guys play naked dodgeball. Ah, yeah. And and he was like, this is classless. I would expect more from the oldest bachelorette in history. And she was like. That was cold. Yeah, she was bad. Yeah, I remember she was upset. Walk out the door, bro. Yeah, Yeah, bro. You got to understand what you're getting yourself into. He's probably looking around and seeing guys package and seeing guys oiled up with six packs and stuff. Seeing he doesn't measure up. He got a little insecure. Uh, hey, it happens to the, some of the most alpha men out there. Some guys know? got it. Some guys don't. Some guys got it. Some guys don't. Oh, boy, looking around and stuff. He like, damn, uh, man, Claire, come on now. And now he wants to throw it on her, which, yeah, shout out to Jesse Palmer, quarterback, doing his thing, taking over for Chris. What's his name? What was my man's name? Chris, um. The host for all those years. Oh God! Um, ah, my wife Harrison, Chris Harrison. Harrison. Yes, yes. Thank Chris my Harrison. Been upstairs working, listening to me cut up on here. Hell yeah. Yes. Thank you, babe. Um, all right. Yeah. Let's get to the commentary. Uh, before we do that, cover three, baby. Cover three. I mean, what a spot Thursday night. How about making that date night at cover three? Grab your significant and uh, take them out for a great meal. You got the uh, Sean Adams prime rib sandwich. I'm going to keep saying it till every single person listening goes in, gets that. Make sure medium rare. Um, it's so good. The buffalo chicken sliders, the beef tenderloin sliders. That's all on the appetizer menu. You get $5 off the appetizer menu. Oh, Byron Murphy, second. Okay, so 488 on his first 40 and 490 on the second, which it's typical. Usually you are a little slower on your second than on your first. But he had a 10-yard split of 169, and that is fifth fastest among the defensive linemen, which takes me right into my commentary. We are watching Byron Murphy. Make himself some money. And Zay, I said, I could see Byron Murphy moving on up. Maybe even getting into the top 10 as people get a closer look and really look at the tape and see how explosive he is, see how technical he is, and realize he's just scratching the surface. And This is a guy who's only going to get better because he's that competitive. He's that much of a dog. I mean, they call him Murph dog for God's sake. So uh, Byron Murphy today at the NFL combine after weighing in at 297 uh, ran a 488 40, which is nice for, for guys that, uh, that size and to have that uh, 1.69 10 yard split, that's explosive. Um, the best of the big fellas 
Oh my God. They're comparing Patrick Mahomes and Tavondre Sweat. They have them like in that. Oh, and the little, yeah, like hologram type. Yeah. Running. <laughs> Mahomes has got to be like, uh, because Brandon Fisk, the defensive lineman from Florida State, who has the fastest 40 time among the defensive linemen right now, ran a faster 40 than Patrick Mahomes. So they had Fisk and then Mahomes and then T Sweat lagging behind. But why they got to hate on my man T Sweat like that? Yeah, come on, man. Uh, but speaking of T Sweat, he weighed in at 366, down from what I heard was 374 uh, before the Senior Bowl, maybe 374 in the Sugar Bowl. But um, And his high school coach at Huntsville told me, yeah, he could get down to 350 and still be powerful and move, you know. You know, what's funny. We were talking to Dan Neal, and now this will lead me back to Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Dan said, you asked him, you know, about his weight. And Dan fought like crazy to keep weight on because he had such an active metabolism. And when he retired, he went from, you know, 299, 295 to 265 like that i remember seeing dan after he stopped playing and i was like geez dude like what's going on he's like that's how much i was lifting and working to keep the weight on i feel like all offensive linemen end up like that and you know it's crazy and i'm not trying to dog him out Bryant Westbrook, all of his buddies are like, because Bryant and and look, Tommy Frazier, who's like my favorite college football player. He and Vince Young, two best quarterbacks I've ever seen in college football. Tommy Frazier's like three bills now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the skinny guys they get bigger, and the big guys they get smaller. I mean, Tommy yeah. Frazier ran like the wind. You couldn't catch him. Now he sits down, and you're like. Who's that? Yeah. Oh my God, it's Tommy Frazier. <laughs> but life's been good to Tommy. He never left Lincoln. He never pays for a meal. You know, two-time national championship. Love that dude, man. He was a contract killer on the field. He was, he's just like Vince. You were not going to beat him. You were not going to beat him. And, uh, okay, so anyway. I think Byron Murphy's that way. I think his body's that way. Like, you know, he's lean. He's like naturally lean. Whereas T Sweat, he can, he can, he can down a bag of Doritos in about six seconds. Come he on, can, man. Why is he? What is that for? What? Down a bag of Doritos in six seconds. It doesn't that that makes him seem like a just uncaged animal. The dude might take his time and eat a Dorito one by one. You acting like he's just opening the bag. And, ah, come on, man. That's insane. Well, how else do you get to 374 playing football? Like you're active, you're in the heat, you're in the running around, you're doing stuff. 
Like in training camp, you lose 20 pounds in one day. Some days it's so hot. How do you get up to 374? You're running around, you're going to practice, you're doing stuff. The University of Texas curriculum is a lot more difficult than others. Which oh, now we're back stress. to stress eating. We're back, yes. The Dumas stress ate a lot more than we're just aware of. Now he ain't got to worry about that. Okay. I expect him to keep the weight I down. just don't want him to lose money. I'm not trying to fat shame him. I've said this to every kid I've ever covered. I'm like, just don't cost yourself money. Don't do anything don't put it on social media. Don't date her if it's going to cost you money. No, like Chris Beard. Like if you know it's bad, get out. Don't cost yourself money because you're about to make a ton of money. Don't let people get in your pockets because it is not for long. It is not for long. And you got to be smart. I'll never forget. I love, I mean, Dan, Dan, I mean, he he told this story when uh, he was, you know, in the league, he's married, he's got kids, and uh, he gets fined for a leg whip, and it's like $25,000. And he comes home, and his wife at the time has bought, like, new furniture. He's like, take it all back. I just got fined $25,000. Take it all back. Tell him to come pick it up. Yo, oh, Dan was like, I mean, and Dan smart with his money, you know? Yeah. He's like, we're going to, we're going to live off of the, the base salary, the signing bonus all goes into the savings, the, you know, any other roster bonuses go into savings. We're going to live off the, off the base salary and. Um, oh yeah. yeah. And I said, did she really, did you send the furniture back? He's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Send it all back. Mm-hmm. I was like, there was nothing wrong with our other furniture. No, that's wild. And I get yeah. it. I get it. I mean, but Byron Murphy made himself some money today, kids. So Murph dog, I would love it. If my lines would trade up to get you. Because I Damn. think you're a. I thought you're on the end of corner. Yeah, but he's a. That's a that's a Pro Bowler. Yeah. Like my favorite player in the draft is Roma Dunze. My second favorite player might be Byron Murphy. Okay. Like that's how good I. I mean, like Ezekiel Elliott was my favorite player in that draft. Aaron Donald was my favorite player in that draft. Like. That those are the guys I think are going to be pro bowlers, difference makers, elite. Like Roma Dunze is CD Lamb. They're going to be, and I think Rome is a little bit less about the flash. He's he's not a celebrity football player. He's a grinder. I know he's got the blonde hair. I know. Don't go there, but. He like talking to him at the sugar bowl. That dude is totally on the level. Like he gets it. Yeah. I like, I like Roma Dunze. So what are we saying about, like, hold on before the right call. What are we saying about CD lamb? What was that? You really catching guys with a lot of strays today. Well, right? he's, he's flashy. <laughs> they all you know, flashy. Like, 
I hope he's putting his money away. Okay. Like okay. all these big diamond necklaces, I hope these guys give those necklaces to those dudes so that they're getting shine. Like they're they're the endorsement for the for the chains. Cause how much are those things? Fifty thousand, hundred thousand? Yeah, it depends. Come on, man. Put that in the bank. But you- <laughs> <laughs> you should be saying the same thing about Javondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Those dudes be wearing grills. Well, Ocho like, Cinco would go get fake stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's like, everyone expects me to have the money, so they're not going to ask me if it's fake. No, I can just go to TJ Maxx and get big diamond earrings. Yeah, I feel them. Nobody's going to ask, you know, unless if somebody's a hater and comes with that little detector thing to see if it's real or fake, but... Yeah, you don't yes, got cheap. Touch you. I'm cheap too. I'm with you. I'm with I'm trying you. Trying to retire after I get my daughter through college. You know what I mean? There we go. Some point. <laughs> all right, let's get to the right call. All right, all right, all right. Before the right call, though, you know we got to shout out Cobra B Cave, the family-owned automotive dealership that has been in the greater Austin area for over a hundred years. If you want to ride just nice around the ATX, if you want to take a big-time road trip, if you want to get the kids that new cars, your daughter's sweet 16, or your son just turned 16, and you're tired of taking them to soccer practice. You're tired of the, taking them to the movies. Now they're starting to go on dates and stuff. You're like, man, I need to get you your own car. Well, Covert B Cave is the place. They got seven terrific brands to choose from. Dodge, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Jeep, and Ram. They will provide you with a high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, and they will leave you very satisfied with what you get. Go to CovertBCave.com for all the latest specials and inventory. Nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now. Not ever. All right, Chip, for the right call today, going petty, man. Going petty. Yeah, My man go. Tom petty. Brady is a victim. Wait, who? Tom Brady is a victim. Someone stole his jersey of- again? No, nobody stole his jersey, but there have been plenty of reports that have come out and have allegedly been put out saying that Tom Brady has accepted that his former wife, Giselle, began a romantic romance with her jiu-jitsu instructor for years before they got the divorce. Yeah. So you're telling me my man Tom is back here in the States training, getting prepared for Super Bowls, trying to adjust to the Tampa Bay life. Wow, she's out here getting judo chopped? Come on now. Come on. That's a lot because everybody wants to put it on Tom and say, oh, Tom ain't shit. He should have retired and been with the family. And instead, he pretended to retire and then came back and played another year. Everybody wants to put it on Tom. Damn that, Tom. If she's out here cheating, go do what you love, bruh. Go do what you love. He was probably trying to keep it cool for the kids. He didn't want it to get out. He ain't trying to embarrass nobody and, you know, just handle his business. But, that, yeah, we can't last it season, That last season he played, Zay, was painful to watch. And hey. It looked like he was totally distracted. Going through it. Yeah. 
He going through it. That's going Tom. It. Hey, you Tom Brady. You're the greatest oh, yeah. of all time. Good you looking. Find out yeah, you your know girl. I mean? You know how many women sliding in those DMs talking crazy that you probably avoiding? Oh yeah. What about the stuff? what about the actress he has the kid with? She's Brooke. That was she's, yeah. Uh, she's, yeah, Morahan, Morrison. Yeah, she's fine. She is fine. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like and he, ain't, he ain't struggling. He's he's already got that other swimsuit sports illustrated model, Arena Show. Now though. Yeah, now he wasn't doing her while Giselle was yeah. letting some guy Giselle on her bunchins. <laughs> I like what you did there. Very, very clever. But yeah, man, that that's it. That's what I'm saying. And now she's out here saying, no, honey, she's just my jujitsu instructor. What you need to who you fighting? We got we can pay for a bodyguard. Who you need to fight? You know what I'm saying? There's plenty of ways you could work out and stay in shape. What he here for? Without having some guy like flipping you over his hip. Yeah, man, tossing you around, doing all types of stuff. That's not a good look. I feel for Tom. This is tough. This is every man's nightmare, you know? Because again, it's Giselle that she's a baddie, beautiful, one of the greatest supermodels of all time. She's in that GOAT status, just like Tom is with football. So yeah, they said she was making kidding. sixty million a year. Hey, that's why he's taking that pay cut in New England all those years, getting everybody else paid, keeping this team always able to have Super Bowl aspirations. Because Giselle was out here, which that might be another thing too. Giselle might have been like, "Yo, I'm the breadwinner here. I get it, you Brady, but the reason why you're great, the reason why you're always having these great teams is because I'm out here strutting my stuff up in Europe. You know, I'm out here being on the cover of these magazines and stuff for you to be great in New England. I got this Brazilian booty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're out of control today, man. I love it. Yeah. Off the rails, baby. Off the rails Thursday. Sleep deprivation. Yeah, man. That's... That old boy, the jujitsu dude, tell him to hit a 15. Have you seen pictures of this guy? Yeah. Well, uh, can we bootleg some of these things? I got to see this I guy. You. I got you. All right. Tavondre's doing the, uh, oh, okay. Doing the field drills where, you know, they're like moving you here and then there. How's that going? It, it's not, it's not going so good. Looks jiggly. Yeah. <laughs> It's but, gonna look jiggly. Come on, that's. But, but B Murph is look. Ooh, who's this guy? Makai Wingo from LSU. Yeah, he's no, he's no, he's no Byron Murphy. All right, we got to get. Okay, so right. what's your what's your call on this? There's my man. Oh yeah, she's, she's calling so him funny. and everything. He probably about maybe six foot. Come on, man. He ain't no athlete. Well, he's jujitsu. I guess he is an athlete. But yeah, still. but he's like smoldering. And that's that also sucks too, because now she's dealing with a dude that could possibly whoop your ass. That that's that that's something very just emasculating with that, knowing that damn the dude that she's cheating on me with might give me that two piece in the biscuit from Popeyes, you know, to the chops. I don't Wait, want the that. Ju the jujitsu instructor looks like a broke 
Ian Rappaport? That's terrible. Ian Rappaport looks like a dork. That dude. That, that dude looks better dude, than that. That's that called Michael. Like, the dude looks yeah. better than that. I'm, I'll give the jujitsu guy a little bit more credit. He ain't Tom. He ain't Tom. But yeah, man, that's. Oh, dude, they are name. loving. They are loving on Byron Murphy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they're comparing him to Jarrell Casey. Who the hell's that? Jarrell Casey. Jarrell Casey came out in 2011 with the went to the Broncos. Yeah, they're loving on Murph Dog. Yeah, dog. I, this is exactly what I thought would happen. They're seeing this dude all ripped up, moving fast, and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Oh. And they're looking at the film, seeing him just splitting gaps taking on double teams, holding the point of attack, and had 48 quarterback pressures from the DT position this year, according to Pro Football Focus. Yeah, man, this dude's making himself some cold, hard cash. Let's see what they're saying. Oh, it's heart over height, he's telling people. Because he's only six feet, six one. Heart over height, Zay. I'm with it. I'm with it. Go make a name for yourself, Byron Murphy. You know, and again, what that comes with looks good for the brand. Looks good for University yeah. of Texas. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, yeah, man. That looks if terrific. These, if these guys all, you know, say Texas, they got 11 guys at the combine. Maybe they get eight drafted. I would put the over under at eight. I said seven. Who who's that? The the yeah, people maybe on seven, the, maybe seven. Yeah, the ones on the bubble are um, Keelan, Keelan Robinson, Christian Ryan, Jones, Jordan Winston, and uh, God, the corner. I can't think of his name right now. Ryan Watts. Ryan Watts. Sorry, Ryan Watts. Yeah, that those are those guys are all on the bubble. Yeah, I think. Well. The corners run on uh, Saturday, I think, the weekend. He's got to run well, man. He's got to run well. Right, Trey? Right, KD? Yes, sir. If Ryan Watts runs a 4-4-7, four, four, I think teams will be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing with him is obviously, you, you know, he probably wishes he would have made the move to safety. He, he wasn't great when he had to turn his back. You don't turn it as much at safety. But the physical measurements, you know, I know you've seen him in person, Chip. Like, you know, he he looks like everything you're looking for. So I guess every is, bit of six, three, like yeah, he might be long arms. Yeah. And, you know, he, so he's got a lot of what they're looking for. I think he hit the nail on the head. He's got to run well, even then he's probably a sixth or seventh round pick. And at that point, I mean, a lot of the guys we had, we wanted them to be UDFAs, you know, yeah. uh, like a Malcolm Roach. You can get a better deal at times, right. but also go to a spot where, where they really want to, you know, they really want you. Not that they don't want you if they draft you, but I'm with y'all. I mean, I, I'd probably put it at seven, which is great. Shows you where this program's come, but. That could be eight chip. You know, I mean, some of these guys, you know, you never know when you get to the fifth, sixth, seventh round and someone says, you know what, let's let's take a gamble here. 
I mean, if Christian Jones gets drafted, that is one of the biggest turnaround stories. Christian Jones, Christian Jones will get drafted. Yeah, that's not an if, that's a win. Right. I think fifth round, but I know your point is well taken. Coming out of the 21 season as a left tackle. Yeah. I mean, his confidence was gone by the end of that season. And he didn't he didn't look like he'd be playing in Canada. Right. (laughs) I thought they were gonna run him off. And then Kyle Flood's like, hey, let's try you over here on the right side. Changed everything. Yeah. And by the way, he's he is gonna destroy the interviews. Yes. He is incredibly smart. Favorite player to interview this year. He may have been him and Kelvin were the two two favorite players we had at Morgan Stanley. Like, I mean, I Christian Jones just blew me away in every facet. That guy is funny, self-deprecating, smart. Yeah, self-deprecating. No, he's he's everything you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Neal was like, he's got the body. Like, he's got the arm length. He's got the – he's 6'6", you know. He's just got to believe. He's just got to play with confidence. And that was the issue with Jalen Ford. Like, they were telling him – you know, the year that they played Luke Brockermeyer, no no offense to Luke Brockermeyer, but Jalen Ford was on the roster. They were like, come on, Jalen, you're – believe it. Trust your eyes. Trust your instincts. You're ready. You're ready. You're ready. And he couldn't get there. You know, Zay and I talked about how it didn't take off for him until he sacked, you know, uh, Bryant Young or Bryce Young on that third down play against Alabama – Two years ago. Yeah. He made one tackle in the ULM game. He was non-existent. And then he sacks Bryce Young on that third down play. Oh, he's making plays everywhere. Four interceptions. Big 12 should have been the Big 12 player of the year. And now he's, you know, got a chance. All All right, right, fellas. Bye, guys. Good Good show. Appreciate you.